Howdy do gamers, welcome to GameSpot After Dark episode 114. I am your host this week, John Luke Seipke, filling in for Tamor, who is unavailable because it's everything's just so damn busy over here. Oh my gosh, it is insane. I can see everyone's faces here. You all know what's up. We're gonna get oh into my it. God. We have a lot of games to talk about this week, uh, so we're, we're going to probably just get right into it. But first, I need to introduce everyone. I am joined, of course, as always, by the lovely Jordan Ramey. Oh, I'm lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. When you said 114, I'm like, we're almost to 117. It's almost the Master Chief podcast. We're going to oh. have to do something oh. Halo for that. Is that going to... Will that sync up with Halo, do you think? No, probably no, not. No, it'll probably ah. come like way before. But man, ah. if it had, can we just skip the number and just come That'd back? That would be so good. <laughs> come back to oh. oh, I'm mad now. Damn. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is going on hiatus for the next month yeah, and a half. Yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. We're on hiatus. Well, speaking of Halo, we are joined by one of GameSpot's Halo Masters, uh, the lovely uh, Persia. Oh, snap. Halo Master. That sounds title. pretty nice. I mean, never, never actually heard that said about me, but I'll take it. <laughs> what is up, everyone? So excited to be back. It's my second time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, we even had I don't know if you if you listen to the podcast regularly, Persia, we even had a question asking, Hey, when's Persia <gasps> coming back? Oh so, snap. Well, you your question demand. has been answered. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm back. And we are joined once again by the Fortnite master himself. Oh, no. David, you're no. wearing a Fortnite shirt. You <laughs> are. Oh, am I? No. <laughs> Dude, I Damn, I trap carded myself. That's oh, that is <laughs> David Amati. That is awful. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. It's going great. Thanks for having me. You were the me other again. person, really, really the happy to be person back who asked the question, wanted to see you back on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just really happy to be here, I, dude. There was like after the first uh, session, I was just buzzing for like hours, and I was like, when is Jean Luc gonna hit me up again to come back on? Let me, let me represent the uh, the D squad uh, again. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Although this week we do not have time to talk about Destiny. There's no, we do not. No, <laughs> it is too not. damn busy. It is too damn busy. Uh, so you know what? Why don't we just get right into it with what we've been playing? Uh, you know what? Uh, why don't I go first? Uh, I got a couple big ones to get you out got of some the games. way. I got some games. Why don't I start with <laughs> the? Would you say this is the biggest one or the second biggest one of the week? Uh, it is Far Cry 6. I don't know. Is that bigger than Metroid? I feel like... I, in my, I mean, in my heart, Metroid's bigger, but I would say in terms of, like, the... the in terms of the mainstream, yeah. Far Cry is definitely, like, the bigger, bigger one. Because, like, there are some people better. in the gaming sphere who, like, weren't even born the last time a 2D Metroid came out. Like, yeah. if you're 19, you didn't play Metroid <laughs> Fusion, probably. <laughs> No, probably not. Yeah, man. That way, to make, way to make me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I have my original uh, cartridge copy of Fusion, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember this game. This game is sick and, like, playing it, and now you're like, that game is older than most people today. It's and I'm old. Like, <laughs> Don't do this to me, Jordan. <laughs> but, yes, Far Cry 6, uh, it is out. I have been playing it. Uh, by the time you're hearing this podcast uh phil hornshaw's full review should be up um by now um 
And bless that man for trying to get through man. a Ubisoft game in under a week. Oh, we'll get into it because <laughs> I would say this game has had a very uh, polarizing uh, response. I think some people really, really like it and are having a great time with it. You know, uh, classic Far Cry nonsense, you know, running around, uh, helicopters exploding, people running into animals on horses, all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> Other people are like, this game sucks. I don't like it. It's too long. It's too bloated. I feel like I sit perfectly in the middle. Uh, I think this game this game gets a big old shrug from me. And uh, I want to be up front for, for everyone listening. If you like Far Cry and you are like, I am just looking forward to Far Cry, all I want is... Uh, exactly what Far Cry has always been. I just want to mess around, have a good time. You will have a good time with this game. I think this is a good Far Cry game. It's just a matter of whether that is enough. Because they... <laughs> That's fair. It, it doesn't evolve the Far Cry formula all that much. It's like, if you have played Far Cry 3, if you have played Far Cry 4, if you have played Far Cry 5... You have already played Far Cry 6. There really just isn't that much new that it brings. And the stuff that it does bring that's new, I don't think is particularly great. So, uh, kind of to, I guess to elaborate on that point, uh, the, what, what this Far Cry does different from versus like Far Cry 5 is, for one, it kind of start it's bringing in more RPG elements. If you played New Dawn, which was that side spinoff, game that they did where it kind of like they retooled far cry 5's map and it was like a, a sequel to that game they introduced like a leveling system where enemies have levels and like health bars which is very unfar cry and i personally did not like that about that game uh, i like that like to me i'm like no it's like it's far cry like i shoot the people with the guns and they die i don't like the idea <laughs> of like have of like them soaking up bullet damage <laughs> it's not what i want from far cry <laughs> apparently that that was successful enough that they decided to just bring that over to far cry 6 so i don't know if that was a case Disgusting. of like the audience really liked it or w what it is if they're trying to bring in elements from the recent assassin's creeds which have also been going more rpg but they they brought that in and it it's it, I still don't like it for the same reason I didn't like it in in New Dawn, and then on top of that they've added all these other elements. So you have uh, mods now that you put on your guns. Essentially, you have things like oh these are uh mod these are bullets that work on soft target enemies, and these are bullets that worked on armor target enemies, and these are bullets that work on tanks and stuff like that. And if you're not using the right bullets, you do. Uh, like way less damage and it's like you know so you got to be like switching uh bullet types all the time and it's kind of exhausting that's because, maddening because they're bullets <laughs> their their whole ethos like there's this character who who uh is uh his name is juan and he's he's like the guy who like builds you your weapons and stuff and his one of his mottos is he's like oh the right tools for the right job danny that's what he always says. And so the idea is that you're supposed to be constantly uh, swapping out and like, you know, you, you get to the base, you look over it and you're like, you can mark them and you're like, okay, these guys have, those guys over there have soft and these guys have that and there's a helicopter over there. I'm going to load out my toolkit and I'm going to uh, change my gear. You have gear now that actually like, changes your physical appearance and the gear has perks on it. Some of the perks are like, oh, you 
reduce damage against, you know, hard bullets. And then other ones are weird, like, you increase your run speed when you kill an animal. And you're like, okay, well, that's useless. Why would I ever put that on? That seems <laughs> terrible. So real hit or miss with the perks. But the idea is that you're supposed to constantly be, like, kind of swapping this stuff in and out. And it, it after a while... You're like, I don't want to do that all the time. I'm constantly just going into my menu, changing my weapons out, and that's not fun. So you kind of just give up and are like, all right, I'm just going to just try and find whatever weapon I have the best and and, and kind of brute force my way through some of this stuff. Or, or um, you know, it, it also does that Far Cry thing where even though it has leveling for the most part, unless they're really, really high level, you can still stealth headshot pretty much everybody. So at the end of the day, it's that Far Cry thing of like, well, if I just take this rifle and I put a silencer and a nice scope on it, I can kill everyone without them noticing. So it's like it it, it kind of undermines itself where it's like, OK, they wanted to keep the ability to stealth, but they also wanted this RPG system where enemies get harder and they want you to also go and constantly be swapping your gear out. And, and I'm just like, I'm just, I just want to sh- shoot people. Like, I'm exhausted <laughs> playing this. So I find that system is just kind of gets in the way of the fun. Where it's like, it, the fun is still there. But the things that you have added this time to try and, like, evolve the fun, like, is, isn't actually enhancing my experience. It's just, it's just getting in the way. That's so unfortunate, because, like, you can see, like, what idea they're going for, like, this idea sure. that you're a guerrilla fighter, and, like, you're being really, like, scroungy, and it's like, oh, I have very l- limited resources, and I have to be super creative with the limited resources that uh, I have to, like, overcome certain things. Um, I don't know. David Persia, you're both, like, shooty-shooty people more so than I am, both in just terms of games y'all played and just being better than me like except for battlefield 2042 which we'll like get to in a second Mm -hmm. i'm sure like i don't think i've played a first person shooter that's done a really good job with its system of it's like here's some guns and here's like a really easy seamless way to change your scopes change your barrels uh change what type of ammo you're using so that you're not pausing and like going into a menu and, like, fiddling with stuff before every fight. I'm like, I don't know. Is there a game like that? Like, Far Cry that, just might be is... the most recent one in, like, a long list of games. <laughs> so that is so interesting that you said that because literally Battlefield 2042 has a uh, a new mechanic that lets you do that to, like, swap attachments and, and mess fly, with, like, bullets yeah. and stuff on the fly. That so that, be... that timing is incredible. I don't know how you brought that up, Jordan, like, <laughs> right on the spot. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean... I personally don't mind, you know, in those like shooter games, uh, sometimes having to pause and like, you know, rethink, uh, you know, my loadouts and things like that. But yeah, no, Battlefield. And I think um, in a couple of videos that I made this week, there are people in the comments mentioning, I think Crisis does that as well. It lets you swap yes. stuff on the fly. Yes. I think I might be wrong. But no, no, no. Yeah. Crisis, Crisis 1. Uh, totally. I don't remember if Crisis 2 and 3 do. I didn't, I didn't like Crisis 2 and I didn't play 3, but 1 absolutely let you do that. And it's basically the exact same like looking setup as uh, uh, Battlefield 
2042. Um, same yeah, idea. totally. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, basically, I, Far Cry just needs that. <laughs> I do honestly. I think that would have helped a lot. Like if you, because I played a little bit of Battlefield, and it's like, yeah, you just hold the right bumper, and then you just like hit the button, and it's like I'm switching to you know anti-material rounds, and it's like if I could just right. do that in Far Cry, that would have made everything significantly better. Because then it's just like, okay, I have this gun, and I could just quickly swap my rounds to the enemy and that's more fun than having to pause or being like oh i didn't bring the right you know oh i didn't bring the right weapon because because you have them you have access to unlike most far cries you actually have access to all your weapons at once like you you can you can you can tab and you have literally all your guns that you've unlocked and you can click on one and just I'm just imagining Danny with this, this giant backpack like death stranding, like just like huffing around all these oh guns. Oh my god. So, so imagine this giant backpack, but then for whatever reason, uh Danny can only actually hold three of the guns at a time. And every time you need to you they want to switch, they have to like pause, open up their backpack, and like pull a new gun out. And like that's that's the that's the gameplay loop. Is you're like, well, okay, I I was stealthing it, but now there's two helicopters. Also, this game has way too many fucking helicopters. Like every goddamn encounter, a fucking helicopter shows up, and it's so annoying because at the early game, you do not have the right tools to take out a helicopter at all. Like I was trying to like snipe dudes out of helicopters, it wasn't working. I don't have any sort of like explosive weapons at all. I only have like Molotov cocktails, which don't do anything. The only thing you have is you have your uh, Supremos, which is the backpack. Like the the it, it's basically your like uh, Overwatch alt that you press, and you're <laughs> like, okay, I've charged it up, and now I'm gonna do like a super attack. And the default one you get is a rocket launcher that will immediately take out a helicopter. And because it's the only thing you have for, like, the longest time that does any significant damage, you know, they have all these other Supremos that are like, this one will heal you, and this one will make you, uh, oh, there's one, it's like a flamethrower where you, like, make, like, a flame boost, like, underneath you, and also you can use it to, like, air dash, which is really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that the jetpack one? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, but it's not quite a jetpack, it's like you're air dashing, it's really strange. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, these are cool, but I immediately switch back to the rocket launcher because I'm like, I need this to take out these helicopters. <laughs> like, it's a screen clear. It's just immediately the best thing. Like, so, uh, yeah, I think this game is just, they're clearly experimenting with a lot of uh, stuff. And at least for me, like, a lot of it does not, doesn't really hit. So you're kind of left with just, okay, this is more Far Cry. Is that enough? And and I think it's really going to depend on you. It's the biggest Far Cry map by far. It's huge. Wow. The Ubisoft boat is real. Uh, <laughs> it, now, I will say it is not Valhalla Odyssey level bloat. I think those are like in a legendary category of their own. Like those <laughs> yeah. games. I didn't, even, I didn't even get that far in Valhalla. But like Odyssey, I remember... Just every time the map would like slightly expand, I would just groan and be like, "No, please!" Honestly, <laughs> it's that game where like you're on your ship and oh, you're looking no. out at the horizon, and it's like, "Oh, that's so cool that you can kind of like see islands off in the distance." Yeah. Like that's the limits of the map, and then you're going over there. I'm like, "Shit, no, it's not the limit of the yeah." Map. You get to that island, and then there's <laughs> more islands on the other side, and you're like, "Oh, oh man!" No. So that, those games, in my opinion, are like the extreme example. It, this game does not go that far. It's not that bad, but it is 
pretty dang big. Like you finish like the starter island and then they're like, congrats, you beat the starter island. It takes like a couple hours to do depending on how much, you, if you do it all. And you're like, oh, that was good. And then they're like, by the way, here's the rest of the map. And it's like <laughs> massive. And you're like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> At least that's better than, uh, uh, what is it? Far Cry 3, where like you're just playing on like the same map for most of the game. And like for the very last quarter, you're like, ha, oh, you killed Vaz. Guess what, motherfucker? There's, a whole There's island. another <laughs> island with a different is, bad guy. It is better than that. I agree. It, it, they they, they kind of lay their cards up front in this one a little bit better than that one. And uh, it's also a shame because I actually really do like the design of the map. I think it's uh, like their, their fictional, uh, you know, country of Yara, which is essentially just Cuba, but not Cuba. Um, I think it's really beautiful. Like, it, it's a beautiful map. There's so much detail uh in like just like the different locations and the little towns there's like proper cities in this one that you actually get to walk around in that's very uh kind of new to far cry i love the way it looks it's just that kind of like i feel like about all ubisoft games i'm like wow this this art direction is amazing and this environment is so cool and then i'm doing the same three things over and over for the whole map and and it just kind of gets exhausting after a while, you know? Like, it's still that fun Far Cry nonsense, um, but it it just doesn't hit as much this time because I'm like, you know what? I've I've done this. I've done this a billion right. times before. So I, I would say if you've, if you, like, skipped a couple of Far Cries or if you haven't played one before, I think you might have a lot better time with this game because you're just not going to feel that fatigue about it. But if you played five and by the time you were done with five, you were like, yeah, I've kind of gotten my fill of Far Cry. I really don't think this game's going to add much for you. Um, yeah, but- I was actually going to ask you, like for people who've never even played a Far Cry, you know, I feel like there's two sides of the coin. It's going to be so daunting that you feel like you can't even start because it's the sixth sure. iteration or whatever. Or like you said, you know, you won't feel the fatigue of past ones and you're kind of going in with a fresh experience. But like, I've never played the Far Cry games. So this one, obviously, I was kind of interested in it because, you know, you got high-profile talent, a part of it, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I also have never played a Far Cry. So I'm feeling like, man, how much am I going to miss out on or how much is not going to make sense to me if I were to play 6? Well, you could you could play 6. Like, n- the Far Cries have very little story connection or anything like that to each Mm. other um like they all take place in the same universe and there's small little like tangential references you'll find but they're all very self-contained i would say like intentionally so like you can pretty much jump into any far cry and be fine so wait six takes place in the same far cry universe Mm -hmm. according to there's was a nuclear apocalypse how (laughs) no well okay one they don't talk about that or if they do i haven't found it in one of the like 10 billion collectible notes throughout the map um i mean i think it wasn't like a whole nuclear apocalypse i think it was just that montana uh got nuked right or like all i'm saying all i'm saying is if nuclear missiles hit any part of the u.s even if it's bumfuck middle of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) like there's just there's just not a timeline where you're going to like the equivalent of this universe is cuba and like that's just not talked i I mean you know what that's a good point and i do think they really kind of shot themselves in the foot with that one uh from a narrative standpoint (laughs) especially because like coming in far cry 7 all right (laughs) 
<laughs> but but it does theoretically take place in the same in the same universe. Uh, I'm gonna but, laugh but, so hard at Far Cry Seven. <laughs> the protagonist is like someone who just gets pulled out, and it's like introducing the Far Cry multiverse. It's like, and you're just jumping oh, no. to like different timelines. <laughs> well, they actually they like actually that. do. I don't get into it, but they do have a little teaser at the end for what might be a Far Cry Seven, and let oh, me Christ. tell you, it's 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 oh, like, boy. wait, what? Okay, sure. Um, I'll, I don't say any more than that. I can tell you mm. after if you want. Um, mm. <laughs> if you're curious, but, uh, uh, yeah, you could absolutely hop into this game if you've never played a Far Cry game before. I think you'd have a good time, and you probably wouldn't be bothered by a lot of the stuff that I've been bothered by because again, it's like for mm -hmm. me, it's just that fatigue. And I, mm. you know, like, cause, cause I do think underneath like that core wacky fun loop of Far Cry is really fun. Like it, right. it's super fun to be like, there's a base and I can tackle it from any approach. And you have like all these weapons and you're like, Oh, this time I'm going to skydive in and I'm going to, you know, use my rocket launcher. This time I'm going to stealth my way through. Like that stuff is really, really fun. And it's still there in this game. Like, it's still a good game. It's just that what they're adding that's new isn't working for me. Like, I would almost recommend playing 5. I think I had more fun with 5. I feel like I had more, like, random nonsense happen in 5 than I've had in this one. And I don't know. Like, that's just kind of luck, I guess, you know? But, like... Uh like in five, I'd have all sorts of weird stuff where it's like I'm walking around and all of a sudden like a bear just like mauls five people in like five. And I haven't had that quite happen in this one. Um, but but again, it's like, I don't know. That, that's also like luck based. Like there's plenty of crocodiles in this game. I'm sure someone's got a clip of like a crocodile just like mauling a dude to death and it being great. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's okay. Um, oh, and last thing I'll say because you mentioned uh, star power, uh, Giancarlo Esposito playing uh, Anton Castile, the big villain, because that's always Far Cry's thing is they have a big villain. I think right. he's the I think he's the weakest Far Cry villain they've had. No. Yes. yes. Oh man. I, it, and and spicy. And that is not a knock on Giancarlo Esposito. I think he is a talent, and I think they waste his talent. He. Oh my god. Is uh. Well, it's like two things. So one, uh, they they do a better job with the main characters. So like Far Cry Five, like the main character didn't even talk. Four, the, the main character sucks. did talk, <laughs> but uh, I don't really remember anything about the main character from Four. And then like Jason in Three is like awful, like intentionally awful, but he is awful. Like you're like, I hate this kid. So he's much. white boy uh, trash. Yes, he's like trust fun <laughs> white boy trash. And like I get that that's the joke, but also you're like, I don't like playing him. <laughs> <laughs> so in this game, Danny, Danny Rojas, Vopal's life, um, is uh, like a fully fleshed character who has a personality, who has a history. They they grew up, they're from Yara, so they have this immediate connection to the place. They uh, are like constantly talking in cutscenes. It actually switches to a third person. They feel like a real character in a way that a Far Cry game's protagonist has never quite felt. And I think it is a much better choice than in the past. Like I really like Danny as a character. Like I I was like, yeah, I like being Danny. I think Danny's a fun character. I think Danny's interaction with the other characters is good. So that to me is like probably like my favorite thing about this game is I'm like, Danny's great. I like Danny. Uh, by contrast, uh, Anton is disappointing because he never interacts with Danny in any meaningful way for the most part. And it, like what, what makes like Voss 
such a great villain is how he's constantly taunting you and Jason, you know, like there, mm-hmm. like there's that famous scene where he's talking about the definition of insanity and he pushes <laughs> Jason, you know, like into the water. And, you know, there's the scene with pagan men at the beginning, you know, with the dinner scene, like the, the way they're constantly taunting the player and, and having such an immediate presence. Most of Anton's scenes are him interacting with his son, Diego, like somewhere far away. Like you will do a thing, you will blow up a base and then it cuts to a scene of him and Diego talking. <laughs> and you're like I'm not having this direct he's he doesn't feel threatening to me. He feels like he's far off somewhere else. And then everything he does feels like such like playbook Latin American dictator type of energy. Like it, mm. it like nothing about it feels fresh in a way where you're like, "Oh, like Voss is crazy and like pagan right. men was like very like kind of flamboyant and you know like he like uh and uh seed. joseph joseph seed was just <laughs> fucking crazy and saying all this insane shit and you're like okay like these characters all have like a thing like anton i'm like yep you sure are a evil dictator that i've seen <laughs> in a billion things before. like every so other just, dictator I, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like a like, it's like nothing you, fresh. Yeah, it's like you could swap him out with like a of one of the any of the villains from the Just Cause series, and you wouldn't even notice. Like you know, it, except shame. for the fact that it is John Esposito. That's like the one thing that is like slightly elevating the character, just because that mm. dude is a good actor. But I I don't think it's enough. It it's so yeah. I think he's kind of disappointing. Um, and that's Far Cry Six. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, sorry, guys. I have a. I've played a ton of the relevant games, so sorry if I'm just rambling. This is the drama. No, no, no. This is this bit. is super insightful, man. Cool. Yeah. Um, the people want to know about some Far know. Cry Six. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the other big one that I've been playing uh, that uh, already came out. Um, uh, earlier this week is Alan Wake Remastered. So I can kind of touch briefly on this one because it's, it's Alan Wake. You know, that game's been out for uh, 13 years now. So I think people kind of know what Alan Wake is. But for those who don't, it's it's Remedy's um, game that they made before they made Control. It takes place in the same universe as Control. Control oh. had allusions to Alan Wake, especially in that DLC. No um, way. So mm-hmm. this is sort of a, I would say like, this is the perfect time where if you play Control really liked control like hey you should check out alan wake because it's also pretty good it takes place in the same universe and they're probably going to make an alan wake too um in fact they even added a couple things in this game that hint at an alan wake too there's these qr codes you can find and you get like a, a youtube uh it sends you to like a youtube video of alan wake like talking and it's done in the style of the like control uh telephone calls um but it's, it's like Alan Wake, like, monologuing, and you're like, ooh, this is clearly setting up an Alan Wake 2, which is very, very exciting. Uh, nice. I, I wish Phil was here, because I know he would, he would be He just all, busts all into the this. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> talking about Alan Wake. Up. He loves it. Uh, but it, it's a good remaster. Um, it, it's... I, I think, uh, like... I, I did a little bit of, like, a graphics comparison side-by-side, side, and I would say it... it preserves the the spirit and the and the tone of the game pretty well i think that's always kind of a concern with like a remaster where it's like uh like you know you think of like a silent hill 2 where it's like they messed up the lighting and the fog doesn't work i mean that's an extreme example that they were literally working on half finished code 
not the case with this one. Um, <laughs> but I do think it, it preserves the the tone and the spirit for the most part. Uh, they do change a couple things. Uh, specifically, they redo everyone's faces. They got like a... It's, it's the same face model that Alan Wake always had, but they... Uh, uh, just like rescanned his face so it looks more accurate accurate to the way the guy's face is and now Alan Wake actually emotes with real expressions <laughs> if you've ever played the first <laughs> Alan Wake he just spends half of the game with his mouth just agape and he just looks like <laughs> just confused about everything it's, he's just like the whole time it's really it's a very good indication one, of just how far game uh, exactly has come. because at like, the time <laughs> I was like, "Damn, Alan Wake looks so good, guys!" And you know, that was like 2010 <laughs> or whatever. And now I was comparing it. I'm like, "Oh God, that looks so bad." It was um, just derpy. <laughs> exactly, but in this one, it's like, "Oh, he actually has expressions," and and they, it's cool because he sometimes will make like a a, a subtle expression that kind of hints at sort of what he's thinking in a cutscene that wasn't there at all in the original. So I do think it actually, it kind of enhances that stuff. Uh, the, and, and it's not just him. They redo it with all the faces. So I would say across the board, the, um, the cutscenes feel a lot more impactful because people have better like facial capture and, and mm. uh, lip sync and all that stuff. Um, but otherwise it's just kind of the same game, um, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it, you know, it, it looks great. Uh, it runs well. I mean, that game just holds up so well. Um, if if you haven't played it, it really is, in my opinion, uh, a a horror classic, perfect for the month of October. I know there's a billion other games coming out, so I imagine a lot of people are maybe not going to play it or have the time, especially I'm all sorry, of us John here. Um, <laughs> but you know what? That's well, fine. Just just put it on your back catalog. If you like Control. You should you should eventually pick up Alan Wake Remastered. It's very good. Um, nice. The never-ending backlog. <laughs> the yeah. never-ending backlog. I think uh, John looks the, like the convincing us and we're all avoiding. Is... <laughs> the so never-ending backlog is so weird because it's one of those things where it's like bef in the before times it was like really hard to get through the backlog because like oh there's just so many games in today's climate where it's like. Oh, but there are games like Rocket League and Apex Legends that I'm just constantly playing like every other day. Mm -hmm. And it's like getting through the backlog is just so much harder because it's like, oh, on my off days, like between the main single player games I'm playing, I'm not going back and playing old games. I'm like, shit, I got to grind some battle pass levels in Apex yeah. Legends. Yeah, I got to hit that real. platinum For ranking real. or something I like know, that. I know, this feeling <laughs> just reset. Gotta get back on. Yeah, it's like, well, uh, Tuesday's Destiny uh, reset day, reset so I'm, day, not, yeah. I'm not doing anything <laughs> else that day. Uh, yeah. uh, last game I'll mention, because I did play it, is uh, Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. Oh, the let's hot, go. The hot oh, new I'm fight game. <laughs> Yes. Oh, let's go. The melee let's go. community was like so excited for that, and then just all the excitement, like in the competitive side of things, just like died overnight. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Uh, I, I mean, that's that's usually what happens when the players find an infinite within the first few hours of release. <laughs> that's true. It's usually what happens. I I admire this game a lot. And I know it's a small team, uh, and it's a team that that very clearly like loves Smash Brothers. So I'm like, I love that you guys got to do this. I hope you guys get to make more of these. I hope you get to continue to evolve it. Uh, I do think the game is just sort of all right. It, it's a game I really wish we had the office for, 
because yeah. I'm like, oh man, God, if we I were miss those like, days. after after work, we would all sit down and we would just play a bunch of this, and I I would have a good time. I'm sitting here at home, and I'm like, I do like an arcade. <laughs> all I got mode. is my partner here, who I love very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they don't want to play. They're not gonna play that. They're not gonna. Right. That. And and. And I, so I play like an arcade mode. I'm like, eh, it's okay. And then I'm like, do I want to play online? I'm like, mm, not really. And so right. then I'm kind of not left with all that much because it is kind of bare bones. There's really not much to it. You have online, you have the arcade stuff, which doesn't even add, like there aren't even like ending slides or anything. There's no story stuff to it at all. And mm. then you have uh, like a sports mode, which I actually haven't tried, but that's basically like, it's like they have like time stock and then they have like a weird sportsy kind of mode thing that I, I don't even understand because I haven't tried it. But that's kind of it. And you're like, okay. Like, so it's very much like this game is here if you are here to just play online or play with friends in a group. Mm. And if, you know, because of the current pandemic, you're probably not playing with your friends in a group that <laughs> often. So you're right. pretty much just playing online. So it's really dependent on how much you're into that, which for me is like, mm, not that much, so I just don't find myself outside of like the initial fun of like running around and messing with all the characters, and you're like, ah, I'm like, I'm Zim, like, ah, eh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's worn off now. I don't know. Um, Isn't it kind of weird how there's just like all these uh, different genres and games that continually evolve and like new powerhouses come in, but like. No, like, battle arena has ever surpassed, like, League and Dota. Like, no MMORPG is going to take down WoW. No arcade fighter is ever going to take down Smash. Like, many developers have tried and yeah. made games after these games come out. And it's like, oh, maybe this will be the new Smash. And it's like, no, it won't. Smash right. Bros. continues to <laughs> reign no. supreme. Wasn't there, like, a PlayStation All-Stars, too? There was. Yeah, that, thing was. Made, that thing did not. Everyone yeah, tries. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> tries. You can't closest. take down Super Smash. <laughs> Because right. I think I think you, to to beat down to beat Smash, one, it you have to it has to be big licenses, right? Like that's like the hook is like no mm. one wants to watch like random original characters fight. You want to watch <laughs> your favorite licensed characters fight each other, and then you really gotta like nail the mechanics. And I think like the the PlayStation All Stars one, like they had the license, but I think they're just like the mechanics weren't quite there and i because i remember playing it and being like and eh, this isn't this doesn't feel as good but like i don't know i am nathan drake and like that's kind of cool um or there's like fat boy <laughs> this game oh you can tell and i feel so bad for the devs that they had a really small budget to work with because they have the characters and like the roster is great. I mean, you got like obviously you got like SpongeBob, but it's like here's Nigel Thornberry, here's Powdered Toast Hell Man yeah. from Ren and Stimpy, oh, and you're like, man. yes, these are the deep hooks I am looking for. Fantastic, yeah. but they don't have any voice lines at all. There's not even no. grunts or ums. None of that. So it's that's like half the that's half the fun of Smash. It's just like taunting people constantly from right. the corner of so, the map. So you don't have. <laughs> I think that it not only is it like take you out because you're not hearing obviously the characters' voices, but I do think that kind of takes away something from the actual impact of of the hits, you know, right? You're you're totally. not hearing the like grunts and and like, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then the music is all 
generic. No, it's Audio Network. Like Audio Network. <laughs> like, no. Like, it, Why? It, no, it, yeah. All these it, shows have such great like. Because I would say God. that is the other big formula. Is you think about yeah. like. Smash Brothers Ultimate, like they know the music is so important that there is literally just a music player true. in that game. You can just right. sit down and be like, I'm just going to turn on my music player of all these Smash songs and just listen to this. Th none of these. It it's it's all generic sounding like, okay, we got um, uh, Real Monsters. Here's a track that's got some hard beats and then occasionally a person screams in it and you're like what the <laughs> f is this like it's so bad it's so uh, bad none of the tracks hit at all and you're like if, 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 come on guys you didn't get like any of the music in the background like it's, like it's even if they couldn't like do like the vocalized version where like the someone is actually like singing the words they could have just gotten like the undercurrent soundtrack of the like intro themes for yeah, this show right. to just like play yeah. over the stages because they're like such they're I so mean, catchy SpongeBob, all of them. like you just need the like little like you know you jingle. need the bikini bottom yeah, yeah. yeah. Bikini bottom you need the little oh that's jingle so disappointing that plays with the crusty crab like um yeah but i guess <laughs> you yeah, can't not see. everyone can be nintendo and be like oh we yeah. have a lot of money because <laughs> i get that like the background music in cartoons isn't uh isn't iconic in the way like a video game like a mario mm -hmm. theme is but i do think people who grew up with that stuff even if you wouldn't like be like oh hum me the background music in ren and stimpy like no one would be able to do that but <laughs> if you heard it you would be like i know this right? yeah because when you watch ren and stimpy it's just like that music is always there in the background mm -hmm. right so it's right, like you would right. eventually it, i do think it would add something and i'm baffled that they weren't able to get that because i'm like what what's the deal was nickelodeon just like here's 50 bucks like go wild like <laughs> they didn't give them any money for this game and it's like and i i kind of get i get the like i get the voice actors i get how like that adds a whole nother thing to it but i'm like really mm -hmm. not even the music like come on like if that's you're maybe the, maybe the game will do well enough that like in the future they can add like music pack updates or something like that but maybe man that's DLC. so disappointing yeah DLC. so yeah. <laughs> like my my Honestly, favorite part though, about playing apex legends and like i know persia you can attest to this too is the fact that like every like couple of weeks it's like yo new music dropping i'm like mm -hmm. hell yeah new music <laughs> dropping new themes this is what i live for <laughs> Yeah, they'd be going in on those music packs. And honestly, I'm not like, you know, super huge into Smash, but when they revealed Sora and they played like the music and that rendition was all nice oh and soft, God. I was crying, dude. Uh, yeah. I yeah, was yeah, like, I was what? what are they? Who's chopping onions in here? I was like, <laughs> I did not expect to wake up and cry. And it was purely because the song and just like, I think the weight of like, oh, this is the last character and like, this is the last right. presentation. And then like, the stage is freaking gorgeous. And I'm like, I don't play Smash like that, but that got me hype. And I, that was purely off of them nailing the nostalgia factor. Mm -hmm. It was such a good reveal. 
So and when I was watching that reveal for the first time, I saw Mario like approaching like a soft flame in the darkness. I'm like, yep. these motherfuckers <laughs> are about to add the knight from Dark Souls. The primitive, the primitive pygmy, so easily forgotten. The primitive pygmy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, he's reaching man. out. This is the first flame. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. They're about to like enrage the entire internet. I'm like, oh, Sora. Okay, that makes sense. So you, you guys can probably uh, speak to this better than I can, but I know. I know like the Kingdom Hearts community has been asking for Sora and Smash for like ever, right? It seems like it, it's been forever. Apparently he won the uh Sora won the poll that they did. There you a, go. A couple yeah. years ago. Most requested, yeah. But um but I'm curious though, like, did the Dark Souls community were they ever like we need our knight in? Because the moment that <laughs> the little flame started happening, it se- it seemed on Twitter like that <laughs> the Dark Souls community has been wanting it from day one all of a sudden. Like they were like, I'm so disappointed that it's not this. Like what the fuck? We is just this didn't consider anyway? it. Like <laughs> I think that well, I would say we might be in a weird situation because I feel like if you follow the same people I follow on Twitter, David, it's people who are big Dark Souls fans that also love to kind of be trollish on Twitter. Like, oh, like you can just stuff, say Tam's so. name, John. But you can just <laughs> say <laughs> Tam. It's not just I'm Tam. Tweet a little bit. I follow enough people that are like kind of in that weird same boat where I think they're like, I don't know if they really, really genuinely wanted a Dark Souls thing, but like you know, they're gonna make a, a stink <laughs> totally. about it for the for the joke. Um. See, to me, that just that just like epitomized like just I don't know. It's like when you think of a unstoppable force against an immovable like wall or whatever. Like that's the Kingdom Hearts fandom and like Dark Souls fandom sure. to me. If they ever went toe to toe, oh yeah, it's just like the clash of titans. Dude, I remember middle school. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> It oh, real. it was heavy, it was dude. Real. It was real. Yeah, it was our real. fights that broke out. Um... <laughs> Makeshift keyblades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> get honed out from like branches on the playground or some shit. <laughs> oh, hey, God. I want to go to y'all school. <laughs> oh, it was wild. <laughs> I used to get made fun of for playing games. You're not like other girls, are you? I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? What? I'm just trying to play some games, all right? Crash Bandicoot's dope, all right? (laughs) Shut up. You don't know how cool this is. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's Nickelodeon Astro's Brawl. It's a video game. I don't know. It's cool cool exists, but yeah, presentation's a little little disappointing. Falls Um, a little short, it seems. Persia, let's move on to what you've been playing. You've been playing another big game that's kind of fallen under the radar. I feel like because the people who have been playing literally don't want to tell anyone anything about it. And that is the Outer Wilds DLC. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is the whole conundrum with Outer Wilds, right? Like everyone who's played it and beaten it, they all love talking about it. But you can't talk about it with someone who hasn't played it because you ruin the whole experience. So now Mm. that the DLC is out, you know, after I beat Outer Wilds before, you know, my MO is going on Twitch and watching other people play for the first time to kind of mm-hmm. like relive that excitement mm-hmm. of, of figuring stuff out. And it's always interesting seeing everyone's path because it's always different. And what I love about the DLC is that it captures all those same elements of, you know, puzzle-like wonder, you know, relying on your sense of observation, relying on you to like also remember what you've learned from the game before the DLC. So I feel like so far, I haven't beaten the DLC yet, but I've gotten pretty far. And I'm gonna try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. (laughs) But I will say that going into the DLC after you've beaten the game, you feel so much more equipped than you did when you first started the game originally. 
So it makes the DLC a little bit more enjoyable because mm. I kind of have an idea of what type of puzzles to look for, what type of intricacies to look for and things to look out for that I didn't have when I first went into it. So playing through it the first time took me eons to be actually and like had to take mini breaks in between because sometimes you just run into a wall. But so far the DLC, I don't feel that way. And that's like the really cool part. There's the new music too. Obviously the new areas are freaking gorgeous. And they've incorporated a lot of the same time loop elements similar to like the Ashed Twin project, which is probably like the most I'll say. Um, and I just really love it so far. So it's also a little bit more spooky too. I got jump scared a couple of times, which <laughs> I didn't really get jump scared in the main game, but I got jump scared a few times in the DLC already. And even had a few times where when I discovered something and I went into an area for the first time, that like my mouth literally falls open, jaw on the floor for like five minutes straight <laughs> as I'm wandering through this new space. And I think that comes a lot, it comes down to um, just like you explore the universe so much during your first playthrough before the DLC that none of it really provides that sense of wonder anymore because now you're just like, oh, I got to figure out the puzzle. I got to figure out where mm -hmm. I got to go. got to try not to die. And like you get all that again in the DLC. So I absolutely love it so far. Definitely recommend it to anybody who's played Outer Wilds. I mean, I'm sure all the people who have played are on it. <laughs> but I think it's also really cool that it's uh, included into the game as if it's always been there. So when you probably like sign on for the first time, even if you've never played the game, like the DLC is already going to be within the game. So that's also really interesting to think about. But yeah, hopefully I will finish that soon. I wonder how much time needs to pass in the world before people just start talking about Outer Wilds, frankly. Like, because there used to be a time where, like, eventually enough time would pass and people would just talk about video games that it's like, look, you haven't played it, so we're just talking about this. <laughs> like, I always go back to Bioshock where it's like, after, like, a year had passed, people were like, look, if you haven't played Bioshock yet... This is a you problem. We're talking about yeah. the huge twist at the end of this game and how cool. Would you that kindly let us talk about this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, to the point where it's kind of just now like common-ish knowledge. But now right. we kind of live in a day and age where there's just a lot of games where people are like, no, you cannot talk about anything that has to do with this game, or it'll spoil the experience. And I'm like, at some point. There just has to be enough time that passes where people are like, look, people who wanted to play Outer Wilds would have played it, and we right. can just kind of frankly talk about why it's so cool, even if it's going to be spoiling it for people. Like, Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say, like, I, I don't know. There, I, there's something about the, the community of Outer Wilds where I feel like that community is so invested in that original experience that you will always just be like, you, you'll never want to ruin it for somebody. Like, if there's right. a chance you could ruin mm -hmm. it, you're like, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing about this game is like, and I don't want to ruin it. So I feel like you always have to be like, look around and be like, you all played it? You all played it? You all played it? And you're like, you didn't play it? Like, Get, at out. Some Get out. Point. Get out now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you haven't like, played imagine it if, like, 20 years from right now. Yeah. Like, imagine if, like, 20 years from now, the devs come out and are like, yo, modern day remake of Outer Wilds. Well, like, at that point, people still be like, look, we, we can't talk about it. It's been 20 <laughs> years, and but, like, this is a new version, so we're going to have people who are playing it for the first time can't talk about the ending. I'm I like, mean... really? <laughs> the game does have know, a pretty man. strong cult following, and, like, if you go into Twitch chats, 
I always see the same people in random Outer Wild streams because we all hop to random streams. Yep. I try to talk as little as possible, but I definitely see all the same people in random streams and like they're they're you know strict with it any type of spoiler nah get out of here like no don't even (laughs) hint at that no you can't give a tip there no nothing you're like getting off the high of watching other people discover it for the first time for the first time i need to feel it i need to feel something (laughs) well persia what else have you been playing oh i Started Kenna. Kenna is super fun. It's so like, yeah. adorable. I absolutely love it. Um, a little hard, isn't it? I played it? it like the first day it came out, and lordy, lordy, I could not parry to save my life. I was I trying so hard I to don't parry. Like the parry in that game. And then I like spent like a couple hours on like a very early stage boss that I was just absolutely getting destroyed by because one, I forgot about my slowdown jumping mechanic, and then two, I totally could not land this parry. So after all that pain and suffering, the next day they drop a parry patch and made it easier to do. Then mm-hmm. I go back to Ken and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm parrying everything. I'm, I'm Daigo up in here. Like no one can stop <laughs> me from my parries now. Infinitely got more enjoyable. Like I absolutely love the puzzle aspects of that game, but I was struggling with the combat. Um, I'm also just like bad at like the types of games where you have to, you know, be strategic. I like to hack and slash. That's why like, I love God of War. I feel like I can do whatever I want in that type of game unless I'm fighting like the Valkyries or something. But if it comes to like the Souls games or a game like Neo, I'm just so bad at those types of games. But I feel like Kenna's easing me into it <laughs> slowly but surely. And there's enough cute stuff to like soothe the salt and pain. And after most of the boss fights, you can do this little meditation thing that raises your health permanently or something like that. Um, or it might be stamina, I'll, I don't really remember, but the act of doing the meditation part is shockingly therapeutic. I spent a bunch of time getting ki- like getting killed by the boss and then made it past, was feeling stress, and then took the time to do the little meditation thing. It really works. I was like, wow, I need more of this in my games, <laughs> to be quite honest. I need more games to just let me meditate after I've overcome a very significant challenge. (laughs) Seriously, but I absolutely love it so far. And like, you know, I love that they'll be like, oh, you got to get all the way to the top of this mountain to talk to so-and-so. And And you look out off in the distance and you think, oh, you know, eventually I'll walk into like a portion of the map where it will take me up to the next part of the uh, mountain through like a loading screen or something or something like, no, you can actually walk all the way up that mountain that Mm -hmm. you see off in the distance. There's a pathway up there. Like there is none of that. And I'm like, man, games, they've just come such a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Aside from Kenna, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft, actually. I am obsessed with building. I've joined like a couple of servers and we build a lot like one's more of like a you know fun building not as much survival and then the other one's like survival so like exact opposites Mm. and i'm terrified of dying all the time creepers are the bane (laughs) of my existence i'll spend so much time building something nice and the next thing i know a creeper walks up and blows it all away it's it's heartbreaking um but i'm excited for minecraft live (laughs) <laughs> would be a shame be if shame. something happened yeah. to one of its walls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm excited for Minecraft Live. I want to see like when this 
cliffs and caves update like part two is coming out and yeah. what's on the horizon is gonna be really exciting and then obviously i've been playing a lot of apex you're gonna see your girl on some algs commentary for season two i'm excited um, so hey, so Apex did you see the, the new chat. trailer that dropped today? Like we're I recording did. this on a Thursday, so <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's Halloween time again. Spooky Apex Legend <laughs> skins, know. Revenant as a werewolf. Oh. I am here for that. Yes. <laughs> I love Halloween themed like video game skins. Like Destiny always has the their their like season where. Uh, like you go to the tower and all the there'll be like purple candles everywhere and little like lanterns and everyone runs around in like paper masks and I'm always like yes Halloween uh, so <laughs> yes isn't it like so weird like tangent and I'm sorry you can talk about Apex some more Persia afterwards but like isn't it weird like talking about Halloween that like when you were growing up like you played video games and like if you just didn't have like anyone to trick-or-treat with or like go to a halloween party or something like mm -hmm. that like you would just kind of stay home and play video games but now thanks to games like apex like destiny like you can celebrate holidays like halloween like with your online friends like on yeah. like october 31st like you could hop yep. into destiny 2 and like wear your finest like armor and stuff like that and like everything's <laughs> decked up to like for this spooky season it's like oh this is nice like i can spend the holidays with my online friends with this online community that i found and in apex i guess the equivalent is like oh let's jump into the zombies mode and fucking <laughs> annihilate each other um uh, but i don't know that's cool that's fun i like that for us that if you're a little introvert who doesn't have like a party to go to, you can go to a video game party, which is way cooler. <laughs> Definitely cooler. All right, is that a uh, is that everything about Apex? She's been posting mad clips on Twitter. She won't brag about it, but I'm gonna brag about it for her. I just like beating people down. You know, it's the fighting <laughs> aspect in me. And like anytime I get a good beatdown interaction, I just have to remind people that Apex is a fighting game. Alright? I don't know what you guys heard. Deep down Apex is a fighting game and I got the clips to prove it, alright? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's All right, a great well, time. Let's move on to David. David, you've been what playing up? the other, the one of many big games this week. The yeah, Forza Horizon 3, right? Oh, oh Battlefield, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. I see where we're at. Uh, well, let me actually very quickly talk about Forza Horizon 3. Okay, I, uh, all right, okay. I, I tricked you guys. Um, so... You know, I I kind of I, I enjoy racing games, and I know Horizon Five is coming out real soon, right? It's like November, yeah. And um, and so you're man, playing three I, and not four. Yeah, I, I'm playing I'm playing three because I never like beat three. I played like two hours of Horizon Three maybe a couple years ago, and I forgot about it, right? And I just have this infuriating tendency to not play like series games late in their. Uh, and the catalog, you know what I mean? That's actually why mm -hmm. I've avoided Far Cry 6, even though I completely, um, based on what you guys were saying, I completely believe that like, oh, you know, someone who's never played a Far Cry game like me could totally jump in. It's almost <laughs> impossible for me to do that. Like I have to play yeah. Far Cry 3 and start from there. And it's just, you know, I'm working on it, but either way, Horizon 3, I was like, okay, well, let me just install this thing and play it. 
That's actually a lot of damn fun, man. And I, yeah. you know, on my off days, I was playing the crap out of it and I beat the main storyline. And there's one thing that I just want to quickly complain about the the Forza Horizon series because I love I love Horizon, but they their DLC they always have this like one DLC that's supposed to just make driving impossible because of the awful terrain. And in Horizon Three, it's called I think it's like Blizzard Mountain, and Blizzard Mountain looks really pretty, but it's also the stupidest thing. It looks like the just dumbest location ever because it's all snow, and it's just heart like bad visibility half the time and they're like oh this is gonna be fun because you can drift more or something and i'm just like it's an is ideal not fun. racetrack <laughs> yeah exactly it's like this is not fun because i can't see anything but uh i you know powered through that dlc and i'm on the hot wheels one which is you know a little more uh goofier and and, and more fun and i'm trying to power through that i've only got like, a couple races left so i can move on to horizon 4 and hopefully beat that before horizon 5 comes out in two months so i was just a little quick update on my on my racing days but yes i am playing battlefield 2042 i've been got a lot of thoughts on it for sure we had access to the beta i mean everyone has the access to the beta now open beta should uh i think start like tomorrow but those who have any kind of game pass or ea play uh or who have pre-ordered any version of the game they should be able to like you know hop into the beta even today um and it's it's interesting man it's i i think 2042 is kind of suffering from the like the standard expectation uh, conundrum, you know, when when mm-hmm. a fan base gets super hyped about something and their expectations get really high, despite not seeing like any hands-on gameplay or things like that. It's mostly very meticulously edited and carefully crafted, like. Uh, oh, a fandom having like overhyped expectations. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Imagine that. But yeah, no, I mean, and and this is kind of like a similar case because uh, there was this tech preview that EA kind of did for, or DICE did for uh, Battlefield 2042, where media was like not allowed to take part in it. Like it was only for non-media and non-like content creators. So it was just like for the fans. And I think we know why, because it was a very rough build what they had put out. And so, yeah, and so they had been, you know, just like really carefully working on it. And even though the build in the beta is still older than what they're currently working on today, it was one that they had deemed more, I guess, complete, you know, complete enough for us to be able to look at it. And I mean, it's good. I think it depends on what kind of a shooter or Battlefield fan you are. If you are an older Battlefield fan, I'm actually not as convinced that you're going to like 2042. Um, you know, even on some of the comments of videos that I've, uh, put up covering the game, it's, there's been a clear divide. Those who are kind of more of like the OG old heads of Battlefield, they don't like it as much. They, they compare it to Warzone, really. They're like, oh, what is this Call of Duty, like Warzone crap? Like, I don't like this stuff. Like, where's my, you know, uh, the Battlefield that I like grew up with. And I mean, hate to break it to you guys, but it's, that Battlefield's gone. That Battlefield's been gone for a minute. <laughs> so when you, know? you say old Battlefield, cause I feel like there's, there's like multiple eras you have you have like that's true the og like uh 1942 up until probably battlefield 2 i would say that would be correct like the very that's like one era, era. and yeah. then you have the um the like bad company, bad company. era yep. which is yep. probably my personal uh peak of the franchise like that was the one that i really got attached to and probably my favorite and then you have like the three and four people and then you have the like one and five (laughs) or v people right um so so, yeah it kind of 
sort of a very a, a lot of different sub factions, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I I think that so I think like you know the the super OG ones are kind of just you know out of the question really. Nineteen forty two or two, sure, like you know, sure. it's kind of a crapshoot. But the ones that ha- were kind of dissatisfied are the ones that did not like three and four because twenty forty two is like an extension of three and four. Yeah, uh, it is. With more, okay. with, it's like extension <laughs> three and four, but with more modern like additions to it. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the um, naysayers are necessarily wrong. I, I'm definitely receptive to those who don't really like the changes. So, for example, a huge change in Battlefield 2042 is that the um, like operator classes are kind of gone. Like the assault class, the the medic class, support class, recon. You still have those packages, but they're not exclusive anymore uh, to a certain like character because now you have specialists and specialists really kind of take Battlefield 2042 into this uh, almost like a hero based yeah. type game. Like, like I think of it. See, you know, Jordan's yeah, loving it. it and, and, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, yo, this play is kind of like a better version of Battlefield 4 and I'm picking up some Apex vibes from it, these characters having unique abilities. I'm like, this Battlefield is for me, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, for real, the, the heroes are there. Like, like I made the comparison of McKay, the main guy that I was playing with. He has a grapple hook. Like, he is a pathfinder. You know what I mean? From yes, Apex. Like, that's <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, it's not going to sit well necessarily with everyone. And there's also, you know, they've been having some trouble with transparency on how to get the proper platform into the hands of players. So what I mean by that is, uh, you know, our, our very own Aaron Sampson actually had this problem. He was trying to play on the Series X. And he somehow downloaded the Xbox One version. Oh, and, uh, Matt Paget had the same thing happen to him too. Yeah, it, yeah. it is a common occurrence, and you know, which is people, weird. Like Xbox has never had this problem with any never, of their right? other games. Like this is the first time where like smart delivery did not do its job. Yeah, correctly. there used to be. I mean, they've been so they've have they have such a good track record, right? So far of like handling that cross gen uh, kind of transfer. But yeah, it, it hasn't been that good. Uh, for the 2042 beta for sure but yeah I mean I don't know man like like I I'm the type that kind of just adapts a lot to whatever game I'm playing because I play a lot of different type of shooters so when I hopped into the beta I was like okay I have this cool gun it fires very fast I'm getting kills this makes me happy right like the little synapses in my brain were firing and that's all I really needed and so I started tweaking with some of the new stuff like there's a vehicle call-in system in 2042 uh, which is actually super necessary because the maps are so large Yes. And the maps are so large and the, the matches that we were in, because it was obviously a close preview event, there weren't a lot of players in there. So there's a lot of bots. And so not a lot of uh, players that you can necessarily spawn on on different parts mm-hmm. of the map. So you were kind of relegated, let's say, to like the cluster or sector A. There's a squad there. You clear them out. And all of a sudden you're like, OK, there are no enemies here for like miles. And if I want to get to where the fire to where the action is at. Uh, I either need to like suicide and redeploy or, you know, you call in a, a vehicle so you can try to get there faster. Right. But I don't know, man, all in all, like the game's like super fun. There, there's some interesting things there, like the extreme weather system. The tornadoes are just batshit crazy. I haven't like, got to experience that yet. I played a couple matches and like I haven't had any of the weather effects kick in so it's you know, it, it's the orbital map, right? Like the, with yeah, the, yeah. With the, yeah, with the, yeah, yeah. With the ship and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so th- there's no, like, I think the only extreme weather is supposed to be a tornado. I don't know what triggers it or, or if it's random or anything like that. I'm but pretty sure it's right. random. It's not guaranteed. Which is both 
sucks because it's like, oh, you're not getting, like, the same, like, super destruction every match. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool because it's not, like, right Battlefield 4, like, on that one map. I can't remember what it's called. That has, like, the giant skyscraper in the middle that can Siege collapse. Where it would basically yeah. collapse oh, like, every they're, single they're game because everyone again. would cause it <laughs> exactly, to collapse exactly. every single yeah. game. I'm like, oh, sometimes in the middle of a match... It, fucking tornado appears and yeah sometimes it's just <laughs> nothing and like there's been so many times where i'm like oh like channel persia it's like wi-fi on the ground i can fight in the air like grapple up yes. really high and like snipe Imagine people from the above the i'm like i'm doing so well i'm fucking killing it and then all of a sudden my like <laughs> radar starts going crazy i'm like what the hell and i turn around there's just a giant people are talking about like i drove a vehicle into a tornado and it was amazing and I'm like, well, I want to do that. And yeah, like, where's I my guess tornado? I haven't gotten lucky or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I played like a couple matches and I'm like, ah, normal Battlefield stuff is happening. I don't know. Like, exactly. You're exactly. literally John Travolta meme on the map. Like, where's my tornado? Where's my tornado? <laughs> It, it's yeah, cool, man. capturing stuff, guys, that yeah. you need specifically <laughs> in a random environment. It's, it's cool because like the, you know, every... You know, evolution can get super stale, and it's nice that you know th there's a there's an argument to make that it gets super stale, and there's an argument to make that people like that consistency. And it seems like sure. they just chose both, so they decided to make the extreme weather the true random you know dice roll. But each map still has its evolution. So in the case of Orbital, which is the map in the beta, it's the rocket uh, launching off. into yeah. taking off. Yeah, you know, and that thing and that thing looks pretty cool. So. It's nice to kind of have uh, have both, How but do you yeah, get man. It to I mean, blow I, up because sometimes I've played I need on to it, and that sometimes out. <laughs> someone like like sometimes it just launches and it's like okay, cool. There's like a bunch of like smoke coming out, so it's blinding everyone nearby. Sometimes yeah. I'm like off in the distance and like it explodes, and I just see like on the corner where it's keeping track of people like dying it's like oh like 20 people oh, just, like, just <laughs> died and i'm like Crazy. so everyone just who was over there just blew up and died and i'm like how do you <laughs> do that i think like i think you shoot the rocket like with vehicles like if you shoot it enough it just oh. explodes i i haven't actually you know done it um but i remember in like the discord of the preview event there were some folks that were able to to get that to happen and they were talking about it but i, I need to figure that out and confirm it uh for sure because that'll probably be a guide or something but yeah it, it man it, it looks cool i don't know the one thing that sucks though for real is vehicles kind of handle really awfully and i think Don't that you. just might be that i need to like work on my uh settings a little bit plus because i'm playing on pc it's I don't know, man. Flying on mouse and keyboard isn't always the best. I prefer a controller for, you know, the kind of vehicle handling. But oh, yeah. it's it's a little rough. But it, it feels like that battlefield thing where the way it's always been, where if you don't know how to control the vehicles, you, it sucks. And the people that do know how to control the vehicles are just racking up the kills. I mean, in the match <laughs> I was playing last night, it's like you couldn't do anything because people are just constantly attacking you with helicopters. And it's yeah. like... And, sniping you from like across the map with their rockets and i'm like how how are you so good with this helicopter <laughs> it's like this is a message to all first person shooters like your handling of your like jeep vehicles and like whatnot cannot be worse than a warthog in halo that is like <laughs> that, that is the limit yeah that's like the how far below that you can go if i'm like driving a jeep and i hit like a small rock and then i'm suddenly like tumbling over <laughs> and my character screaming like that's too much 
that's too right. much physics like at play like <laughs> yeah. absolutely i mean you know battlefield is just almost notorious especially with the launch of four for uh basically having severe balance issues in the beginning oh. i mean every battlefield <laughs> game has really bad balance issues but the one thing that dice is uh you can rely on them for is to just never stop iterating on that sandbox and constantly you know tweaking uh the meta and stuff but part of battlefield's identity is uh chaos is fun and so things that are that are a little broken uh are nice you know unless of course if you're on the receiving end of like a a 20 kill uh helicopter streak or whatever but (laughs) you know that that kind of like spontaneous uh chaotic high octane type action is is just battlefield's mo right and uh and i and i and i definitely got a lot of that from 2042 despite the, you know, war zone vibes or whatever that uh, some folks were, were calling out. So it's been I know fun. It's, I know it's like way, way too early to make like an educated guess about it. So this is just uneducated guesses. But y'all three, like, this is the first year in probably over a decade. It's definitely been over a decade that we're getting new Battlefield, new Call of Duty, and new Halo for the holiday season sure. like which of these three shooters do you think like comes out on top like all is said and done like Whoa. we're going into like 2022 and it's like oh this is the shooter that still is maintaining its player base over mm. the other so, two from a number standpoint i think it's going to be which one you know which one's more free and i think that's going to be infinite because of the game pass release it's it's going to be like yeah. on the like right out the gates i think that's going to be the game that just numbers wise is going to like take over. Now, is it going to be the game that consistently, you know, stays on top of the player count? Who knows? I My guess, even though I think Battlefield is the better game, I feel like Call of Duty Vanguard kind of hits that same metric that games like FIFA or Madden do, where they don't get the best rep, but they still sell like millions and millions and millions of copies just because of that brand recognition and the kind of allure that that franchise has for like the casual uh, gamer that you know the, their aunt asked them what do you want for Christmas Timmy and it's like I want the new Call of Duty right just <laughs> things like that I also think Halo is just more accessible overall because you got it's a lot easier to understand you got uh, you know you can you can get in a party and do custom games like Battlefield is a little more dependent on like oh I got to play in this big match with 64 players and right it's, the servers it's, it, there's a lot bigger barrier entry because you first load into a Battlefield match and you're like I ran for 20 minutes and then got sniped cool <laughs> great game fun time versus like Halo where you're like oh I'm grapple hooking it a lot like you know there's grapple hooking Battlefield too but uh, yeah I think that game's maybe just like a little more, a little more uh, accessible to the average person yeah. than a battlefield, mm-hmm. which has kind of always been battlefield's problem. Is like to get to like the good battlefield stuff, you kind of have to invest in that game, you know, right? You got to dig through a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which has always been kind of my my problem is that like every time I've tried to do it, also it's really hard to do it alone. You really got to get like a like a crew going, and it's really hard to convince a bunch of people <laughs> to be like y'all you all really want to get in a battlefield with me um at least in my experience i've, I've never had a good time doing that i feel like with all three games the communities are so specific to the games themselves as well that's true like yeah. obviously Ooh, you have the battlefield type of players who do love playing these massive games with all these players and then you know, Halo players, they kind of like that smaller scale arena style, easily slipping already into competitive territory because HCS is already selling team passing tickets for an event 
for Halo Infinite's wow. not even out yet. Yeah, like so, and then like with Call of Duty, right? That kind of its own thing, a little bit of a hybrid between Halo and Battlefield. It's a little smaller. You still kind of get that same type of gun customization and gun play, but it's not exactly like Battlefield. So it's a little apples and oranges, I would say, yeah, but they're all totally, so diehard totally. for their individual game that they're ready to throw down at right. any mention of the other one being better yeah. than them, which is even more hilarious. That's a good point. That is a good point. I'm very yeah. curious to just see how it all plays out because like, you all know, and I'll bitch about this till the end of time, like the moment when Battlefield, Call of Duty, and Titanfall 2 came out, and like one oh, of those man. games just yeah. got fucked, and it was the one yeah. that shouldn't have gotten <laughs> fucked. Um, and so I'm looking at them like, Call of Duty, Battlefield, and Halo Infinite, one of these games is not going to have as good of a player base that it probably wants, just because the other two are going to be attracting a lot of other people who are like, I like first-person shooters. I'm not buying slash investing into three different yeah. first-person shooters this fall holiday season. Or, But maybe it's fine. Like, like you said, Halo Infinite will be for Game Pass so people can download it for free. Uh, and maybe people are like, oh, I'm going to just get Call of Duty because Call of Duty is just always going to sell. And maybe Battlefield 2042 has enough of a player base that's like... It just keeps going, and it's fine, and they all can somehow exist simultaneously. But I just look at it, and I'm like, I remember what happened to Titanfall 2, and I have a sinking, <laughs> Never forget. sinking suspicion that like one of these games is come December slash January of next year, they're going to be like, shit, our numbers are not where we wanted them to be. Right. And like, <laughs> like, Luckily for all three of the franchises, they have a lot of legacy. And True. I also feel like, you know, when it comes to these three specifically, yeah, they're new titles, but they're kind of the same recipe. You know, you yeah. kind of know what you're going to get to an extent. So they rely on that sense of like familiarity, tweaking very little or tweaking enough to where it's not disturbing to what you know about it. So I don't know. I feel like, you know, I love I love Timefall. You know, thanks Apex for you know helping me get into that. Oh yeah. But I feel Keep like if it wasn't for Apex, <laughs> I might not have found out how great it was. Right. So yeah. maybe it's also down to <laughs> maybe it's also down to these new titles making enough impact to get people to go and and latch onto the older titles too. But it be being more of a multiplayer space, it's kind of interesting to see how that'll work. Totally. That would be fascinating if a bunch of people who played Battlefield 2042 or Halo Infinite were like, you know, I haven't like heard great things about the past few Battlefields and the past few Halos, but like there are some hardcore fans who are like, oh yeah, if you go back a few entries, this series is really good. Like will we suddenly see a bunch of people be like, oh yeah, I went back and tried Halo 3 and Halo Reach, surprisingly good games. Or like, mm. I went yeah. back to a past few Battlefields, and it's like, well, Hardline wasn't really good, but there are some quality, like, Battlefields. Like, yeah, you know, sure, Halo sure. might be easier because of Master Chief Collection. <laughs> yeah, It's a little tougher when it's like, alright, y'all want to get, like, a Bad Company 2 match going? Like, It's <laughs> impossible, dude. Those yeah. servers but are not But at least with the older like, Battlefields, like, they're not great, but they have campaigns, which I think... Right. helps out just a little bit sure, where yeah, you can yeah, like play those together. games without having to get other people <laughs> True. That was, that's a good point yeah bad company at least uh, like jean-luc mentioned will uh 
it, it offers the campaign and those campaigns are actually good whereas the campaigns for battlefield 3 and 4 they're kind of like you know whatever like you really want the multiplayer on that one and in battlefield 4's case you know it's so server reliant and the servers have been picking up ever since 2042 was announced right yeah so so that was you know if you want to get back into it now's kind of the time because yeah. it's only going to go down from there like i was and- trying to play multiplayer for bad company 2 and i couldn't even get into a match there was just like maybe two people you know playing and i was like oh this isn't fun you know i, yeah. I wanted to experience what people were saying but i, I think four is also free on game pass if you have like the ea play oh game yeah pass ultimate, ultimate. and like it they is. just it added is. like a 120 fps uh, update option to it and stuff so like you can go back and Ooh. play some of those other battlefields which is pretty cool yeah. uh, but moving on to jordan who is uh you you've been playing the last last big game of the week there's been so many. <laughs> There's been so many. But here we are at the at the the last and personally the, the most the one I'm the most hyped about. Tell me all about Metroid Dread, Jordan. Oh, uh, let's go. Alright, so Metroid Dread. It has been the longest of waits, the last original 2D Metroid games, not counting Zero Mission or Samus Returns, was Metroid fusion in 2002 a game that i got for my ninth birthday so you can use that i guess to figure out how how old i am but like it's it's been a long long wait for metroid 5 and i can say that metroid dread is like the combat mechanics of samus returns the like overall tone and storytelling of fusion and then like the world design and exploration of super metroid like jam-packed together and then like grinded down to like a fine fine gem and then it's like here here's like the best of things that like we have (laughs) done you you were saying all the right things jordan oh my god (laughs) and it's it's i i love it a lot i'm on my uh second playthrough uh currently um and i think it's going to be one of those games that i keep uh playing just over and over again the same way that i remember being like nine ten years old and being like do i want to play metroid fusion for the sixth time do i want to play zero mission for like the eighth time yes yes i do you're like now i gotta get uh the lowest time clear you know so i can get the secret or you know like hell yeah always had that have you done like a hundred percent item run uh, I have not. Uh, the highest item run in the office currently, I want to say, is 59%. Um, and that was spending nine, no, like nine and a half hours in the game. Uh, like, okay. I, I The first time I completed the game, I had a 36% item completion, and I beat the game in about six and a half hours. Um so, like, if you're really gunning it, you can beat Metroid Dread very easily, like, in a single uh, afternoon. You probably shouldn't, because much like Samus Returns, this game is like, oh, we're going to have you use all the buttons on this controller mm. when you're in a boss fight. So, you better do some fucking finger exercises <laughs> beforehand, because your hand's going to, like, cramp up, like, mid-fight, Ooh. and you're gonna be like, okay, okay, I need to, uh, how, how I need to push feel? through. How does that feel? Because, uh, yeah, my hand was cramping hard playing um samus returns and part of that is because i'm playing on the like the 3ds and i'm like mm-hmm. 
an adult now with like adult hands <laughs> with big like, hands oh, this isn't, uh, yeah it's is, it's is a it... <laughs> it's a bit easier if you decide to play with a gamepad either with the switch with the kickstand or playing it on the tv especially for boss battles i would actually like recommend like on the later boss battles like once you feel like you're like halfway through the game maybe grab like a controller and play it on your tv you certainly can play it in handhold the entire way through but i did notice that my hands cramped up a little bit Mm. more uh playing that way um but maybe that's because i just have giant hands that aren't like great for playing (laughs) handheld devices but man great game uh very very cinematic like it's one of those things like samus returns had like a bunch of things where like you would beat the boss and like a small like little cutscene would play to show samus like finishing off the boss in a really cool way this game has a lot more like uh story driven uh cutscenes where it's like okay you say story driven cutscenes and i go is this like a fusion where it's like subtle and there's just enough to keep you going forward are we talking because because I hear story and I hear Metroid and my brain goes to other M. Is it's not a... nearly as talkative as okay. uh, other M is, okay, but I, w- I always I, I consider that there are like four main characters in Dread because there are four characters in Dread that actually have like uh, spoken lines like they have voice actors um, for them. One even being uh, Samus herself. Oh, so, like, okay. People do speak, um, like, actual <laughs> words, like, through your speakers. Um, but, like, the most talkative person is Adam, your AI, and he does that thing that he did okay. in Fusion where he's, like... Samus, you're a little bitch. You have no abilities. Don't go off and fight anything. You can't okay. possibly win. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Adam. I can do whatever so, I want. So very um, much in the in the vein of, of fusion uh, yeah. in terms of the, the story presentation. That's yeah, exciting because I've heard a lot it, of good yeah. things about the, the story. But it's not giving you like a waypoint or anything. I will say that um, it's surprisingly like really good design where it's not... So it's not fusion where it's like, or zero mission. It's like, now you need to go to this point on the map right right right. here. But the way the map is designed, like it teaches you, if you haven't played Metroid before very well, like, oh, how you might look for a secret area hidden behind a wall or how one area might lead to another. So by the time you're an hour, like two hours in, like when you unlock a new ability, you have a general idea. I'm like, oh, I can use this to go here and accomplish this and get to this area that I could not get to before. Or I could go off and chase down all of these uh, items that I haven't uh, gotten yet. It does this nice thing where on the map, if you, like, see an item, like you see a missile tank or an energy tank, but you can't quite reach it, it'll, like, mark on your map, like, energy tank, unobtained. And if you do go back and you grab it, it'll be, like, missile tank acquired on your map so you know like Mm -hmm. oh i found an item here there's probably not going to be another item here so i don't have to go back and check this room again it's all it's basically like 2d metroid like after 19 years of game oh that sounds so good good. everyone's (laughs) like 
it was like one of those ways like i i, I talked to uh sakamoto sad who's like big like in the metroid community because he was like a director for most of the 2d games um and a producer yeah. on samus returns um and so we're like just talking about like the innovations and i'm like oh yeah like so like cutscenes, uh smarter like uh environmental design with like more like detailed environments to like help guide you to go where you have to go like the fact that you can like activate these magma pipes and like in the very like background of the level you can see the pipes beginning to light up like signaling you have to follow the pipes to figure out like Ooh. where you're supposed to go next some like was like your inspiration for doing stuff like this and his answer was like straight up is like oh i've always wanted to do something like this but technology could not do this like 20 30 years ago and i'm like oh yeah that's fair you couldn't put like voice acting into like an nes <laughs> game like that just wouldn't right. have worked um like i like i think the only big thing that i kind of wish that they had done with dread and i know people will like disagree with me on this is i kind of miss samus like every so often having those fusion elevator thoughts um where she would kind of like remark on like how the mission is going and like mm. what her like personal state is they don't do that anymore if you just get on an elevator or something it'll take you somewhere and there's just a loading screen as she gets to her next uh destination um all dialogue and conversations are exclusively like two characters like face to face uh, speaking to one another. And I'm like, oh, I kind of would have liked to just have like a few moments where Samus is reflecting on what's going on. Uh, but like in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, that's like really the only like complaint that I have. And it's a complaint I feel like most gamers won't have because I know that a lot of people were not huge fans of the fusion uh elevator monologues but uh yeah <laughs> if if you like 2d metroid and you're like man i've been waiting 19 years for <laughs> the next new Hell one yeah congratulations it's a great <laughs> game like it was worth the wait uh yeah solid solid game. and if you've never played a metroid game before like this game does a quick like two minute introduction at the beginning there it's like Here's what happened in Metroid 2, Super Metroid, and Metroid Fusion. You're all caught up. Good to go. And I'm like, sick. So you can totally start with this one if you are like that 19-year-old who's like, what the fuck's a match? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh... I mean, d dude, I'm fucking excited for this shit. Like, my copy's <laughs> coming tomorrow. I got the special edition. Like, I am Hell I'm yeah. so stoked for it. Uh, but I, I am curious to see, like, what... Yeah, what people who didn't grow up with Metroid feel about it. Especially people who've, like, grown up playing all of the indie games that were inspired by Metroid. Like, Axiom Verge or Hollow Knight. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, going, going to this game and it's like, does, you know... Are, are they going to be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Or, you know, like, like yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't know because it's like it's been so long since there's been like a proper Metroid. I mean, even Metroid Prime was like what the last one was. It was a good almost 10 years ago at this point. Right. Like, yeah. Corruption mm -hmm. came out like a year into the Wii's. Right. Oh, even more cycle, than that was 2007. Yeah. Holy shit. That was I mean, unless you want to count Metroid Prime Federation for I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Other M would have been the last one. 
Yeah, this whole and generation. If, that, of, if that's of, if that's uh, your only uh, <laughs> idea of what Metroid is, I beg you to play literally any <laughs> other Metroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole generation of people that have never grown up with the Metroid game, um, and this could be their first one. So I'm I'm yeah. really curious what those people think about it. I remember when I was really really little, really little, and my dad was playing Metroid, and he was like, "Just watch this." And I was like, watch what? And he's like, no, just wait for it. Sat with him the whole time. He beat the whole thing. And then Samus like revealed herself. And he was like, look, girls could do anything. And I was like, oh, I love that. I love that. That is awesome. And then ever since then, I've just like, I felt like that was a strong, like, uh, dang, I want to play games too. And like, you know, I played a lot of games with my dad. He used to like, always go for a high score and then sign his name as B-A-D-A-Z-Z. So he'd always be badass. Like in the past, I think I like get a lot of my competitive drive from him too, where I'm like, yeah, you know, number one. Shout outs to your dad. Um, That's awesome. So sick. (laughs) Also like the idea of this dude just being like so good at Metroid. He's like, don't worry. I'm about to speed run this shit fast (laughs) enough. You're going to see that Samus is actually a woman. (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible and it was like honestly way before i ever even could grasp like the concept of like what it meant for him to even like unlock that part to me he was just playing and then it was over but then like you get older and you realize oh dang he was like you know yeah you're like really going hard for me right there really hard (laughs) (laughs) wow that's amazing uh well jordan is there any anything else you want to you want to touch on Briefly, uh, I'll say, like... um, just to like touch on, I'll probably go over them in like uh, another podcast or something. I played and beat Imposter Factory. That's technically like To the Moon Three. Like, uh, for people who don't know, that's just a series of games that deal I with didn't the know fact there was that a like To the Moon One or Two. Sorry, not there's the yeah, there's a one. There, there was a two, but like, yeah, they're they're just games where like these scientists like hook dying people up to computers and they can uh, rewrite certain memories that you can live the life that you've always wanted in your final moments before you die. And so Imposter Factory Factory is like the third uh, game in that series. And if you're just like uh, on a Saturday night, like I got three hours to kill and I would love to cry like that's that's perfect for you. Um, (laughs) And just like I'll talk about it a lot more in depth at another time. And the other one I just want to briefly mention, I've been playing a lot of uh, Opus Echo of Star Song, which was a game that like first went on my radar when like a few people I follow on Twitter were like, oh, Opus is probably going to be like the next uh, Yakuza or Persona where it's like this game that's played a lot in like China or Japan that like has like a really huge following, but it just hasn't broken into the mm. US yet. Um, and a lot of people were hoping that Echo Star Song, the latest one that came out this year, was going to be the one. It didn't. Like, uh, there's not many people playing it, but I that put on my radar. And then Kotaku like uh, published an article where it's like, you should play Opus Echo Star Song Game of the Year for 2021. I'm like, that's like a bold claim. And so I played it and I'm about two-ish hours into it. I'm like, damn, shit. This is the game of year, <laughs> game of the year for 2021. Damn. Um, so uh just leave you with that fun 
tidbit uh, you know that I, I will go over in more depth uh, in another I, podcast. Not, not to be an American about it, but I think if they want to break out in the West, they might need to pick a, a different name. They might need to tweak the name a little bit. That 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 is a very that's one of those names uh, that screams like like uh, back when we used to be in the office. Callie would like because I used to run the game library. Callie would just come and like dump like a bunch of anime games on my desk and be like, "Here, go put them in the game library." And they always had like the longest fucking names ever. And there was just like <laughs> it was like it was like uh, it was like Athena, uh, Valley of the Wind, the mm-hmm. Final Tree Seven. And I'm like, I've never heard of this. What is this? Uh, <laughs> Where are the first six? I, was saying, I, I think they, they all suffer <laughs> from like the persona effect where it's like, well, all of the games are in the same universe, but they're like not actually right. like very closely connected to each other. So they're, like they're all opus and then some long uh, subhead to like describe each game. And I'm like, man, it probably would have been easier if there was if you had just used like a numerical system like this is one, two, three, four. Right. But they're like, nah. Nah, <laughs> subheads, <laughs> subheads are the way to go. I'm like, okay, like it's really hard to like find all the games connected uh, to this. Um, but yeah, it's it's really it's really good. Uh, and I know that we're like running low on time, so like I will save my praises for why it's so good, uh, probably for another episode, and Excellent. I'll probably be done with it by then, so I can talk about it in more depth. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's move on to some listener questions. We're we're gonna keep it a little brief, uh, but we've we've kind of people have been listening. We've been uh, not able to do as many listener questions lately because we've been keeping these episodes brief. But I there are a couple I want to touch on this week um, that yeah. we've had in the background, but I think are good to get on. Uh, one of these is from all the way back in September, but it's perfect oh, because God. David's here. Is it Trials? Is it Trials? It's the, tri- it's the Trials <laughs> question. David knows what it is. I've been <laughs> waiting. Destiny uh, this is from Rocket Scientist. Uh, Ola, Creatures of the Night. Destiny's PvP Pinnacle Activity Trials has had a huge surge in popularity by allowing for easier access to loot and providing better matchmaking for solo and duos in this 3v3 game mode. Some people started to complain that going flawless, getting seven wins and no losses, has been diluted because more people have been able to do it. I have never understood why me having something diminishes its value for someone else. What's your take on this type of elitism in gaming? All right. Yes. Here we go. Okay. So, <laughs> so I think David can speak to this, this can apply to, trials, to a lot of different games, but this it, also it, it can apply to can. a lot. So I think we can talk about it. As it well. absolutely can. And and so you know, I'll try not to like ramble too much. But the the short of it is that, um, you know, absolutely correct. Just because more folks are able to achieve something, it should not diminish the value. Uh, for other gamers and if it does diminish the value that's more of like a you problem than an us problem if that makes sense like i'm reminded a lot about uh you know other i mean there's arguments to be made every time a new uh from software game comes out right because folks talk about gatekeeping and things like that but trials was kind of supposed to be that prestige thing in destiny and it still is to be honest but essentially the short of it is it was so difficult to go flawless and hit the lighthouse and trials that it was really 
relegated to this like very small population, this like elite few. Um, but the truth is, is that I feel like that population, the destiny community that kind of sullied the prestige of it themselves, because there's such a huge recov system, uh, in the old trials, like people were, uh, taking money to carry other folks to the lighthouse. So if you want to talk about like the prestige of it, that prestige was already thrown out the window the moment that members of the community started doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. um, it wasn't, there, there was no integrity there for that. Not to mention before the season, uh, there was in just abundance of cheating. There was so much cheating, especially on PC and so many like hacks and stuff that, it just trials almost meant nothing like if you were that rare percent that like made it to the lighthouse and did it purely off of your skill you know you get to pat yourself on the back but beyond that like anyone who really went flawless consistently there was always that question mark over your achievements like did you do it legit or not right and the moment that trials came out for this season when they brought in uh you know battle eye for the anti-cheat and they uh, kind of changed up the loot uh, system of how it works. They removed the token system and all that stuff. Charles is just has been incredible. Now, ever since like that question was asked in September after the first week, where you know it was incredible. Like I went flawless five times that weekend. Uh, I was able to help a lot of uh, you know our Damn, friends go to the lighthouse and stuff. It was it was awesome, you know, <laughs> and and it was it felt really really genuinely good. And the core of it is about population. The more people that are playing trials, the more likely it is for teams to be able to go flawless. And so when they removed a bunch of restrictions on trials, like you don't have to be in a in a three stack anymore, you could solo matchmake. Uh, even if you lose, uh, you know, a game and your card is quote unquote broken, you can still play on that trials passage card and continue to get rewards. So there is an incentive to just play win or lose because you are progressing towards something and getting really good loot. And for those that are like, oh, well, I wanted the prestige of, of Flawless or whatever, you're still getting that exclusive like adept loot when you make it to the lighthouse. The rest of the community that just want to get some kind of trials weapons, they're able to get that itch scratched and the you know hardcore folks are able to uh, still go prestige. And not to mention Destiny has that like the triumph seal system where you get to like kind of put an emblem on to show off your you know your legacy or whatever and so for those who are worried that oh you know the um the trials you know system is going to like reduce the the prestige of it well you still have your flawless seal or whatever that pretty much time stamps when you went flawless so you can still show that off and it's you know no big deal quick crime that's that's my uh, <laughs> uh my to it um charles right now is is just in a really great place now they, they've definitely been tweaking it very very fast so that first week was fantastic the week after they introduced a flawless matchmaking pool so if you did go flawless you would get siphoned off into this new uh, pool and a lot of players didn't like that because they weren't able to help some of their friends out that didn't go flawless because they were getting paired up with the harder uh, you know people in the matchmaking and so then the third week they try to do this middle ground where it was like okay we'll implement these separate matchmaking pools but we'll do it later in the weekend while trials is live and so it's a lot of, it's just like a total mixed bag now but I appreciate that they're constantly iterating on it. I appreciate that they're, you know, testing out and the Crucible Labs and doing all stuff like that. And it is just miles better than it was uh, a couple months ago. So I love Trials as it is now. I am excited for Trials to go live tomorrow. Uh, and I'm going to hopefully hit the, the lighthouse again. And for those who are like, yeah, you know, the prestige is, uh, you know, diminished or whatever. Yeah, just quit crying, dude. It's okay. <laughs> 
So that's my take <laughs> on it. I think something that a lot of people who uh, really care about only cater to the hardcore kind of lose sight of is that when you only cater to the hardcore, um, you're, you're not actually... It, that's not sustainable as far as like actually yes. being able to make stuff for it. It's like, this, this is like a thing. I feel like, uh, like fighting games are a good example where it's like, if you only ever make your game purely for like the, you know, the pro players, you're not going to sell to the average people that actually help make the game successful to then keep making more games. Right, and right. I understand that, that hesitation, because I do think there are sometimes where games have a history where they go in the opposite direction and they try and make it too casual and you lose sight of what actually made the game like good or, you know, like fun for that hardcore. So I do think there's this, this balance, but I, I think uh, a lot of times hardcore players and, and people at a certain high skill ceiling uh, want the game to be catered just for people at that level. And it's like, right. no, you got to make the game fun and interesting for all these other people. And it's like, if trials was, only ever fun for those really really like top one percent players bungie as a company would say well is this actually worth us investing time and money into when only this very small percent of our community is actually even playing this mode Absolutely. we have to make this mode available for more people to play or we're just never gonna improve it at all yep. so i that's kind of how i feel yeah. about it you know it's a hard balance money yeah yeah. Because, like, I, I can't speak to it through pretty much, like, any, like, lens except for the Apex lens, where it's, like, the best 2,000 players in the world get the Apex Predator badge, and you have to continuously keep playing and winning to, like, maintain your placement, like, in that uh, prestige, like, role, and there's just a lot of people who are, like, I'm player number like 357 on Xbox, and if I lose this next match, I am just getting kicked from uh, Pred. Like, I mm. need to win in the next one to do it. So, there's like a lot of people who are like, oh, I've done so much to reach Predator. Um, I deserve having like a really nice reward for this. But at the same time, if the reward is too good, then Respawn risks alienating the people like me who are like look i'm never going to reach predator i have a job i have <laughs> right. friends and family that i like to hang out with sometimes i'm just not going to play apex legends like 10 hours a day right. in order to be one of the top 2000 players in the world to be eligible for apex predator so i'm just not going to ever get the rewards that a predator gets so it's like a developer has to be like okay if i make something that a appeals to these top-notch players like it has to be good like the reward for doing this needs to be like no like we're proud of you like you did something that's really really cool but at the same time they can't be like oh this is so cool that like the other 99.9 percent .9 of the community is like this is fucked up that yeah. you're holding out like this one thing from us and i'm like I, I don't want to be the person in the room at these developers. Like, it's their decision to, like, try to figure out how to <laughs> balance these things, because that sounds like hell. But, man, yeah. A it's, absolutely. It sucks. <laughs> and, and the thing with Trials, too, because, like, it's one thing if it's just a cosmetic reward. Although, you know, of course, it, any type of reward is, is nice. But in Trials' case, it was actual loot. It was actual weapons, actual armor that was being just, like, gated. 
And that sucked, you know, that really sucked because here you had these weapons called adept weapons that, you know, they don't give you a crazy advantage, but it's a definite noticeable advantage of having those uh, weapons. And there were a huge part of the fan base that couldn't even access the normal versions of these weapons. And, you know, there was this point where literally people would load in, they would LFG for groups, load into trials just to jump off the map and kill themselves. Because if you finished enough rounds, you would get like this, you know, kind of participation, like pity and gram. Mm -hmm. And people would literally just jump off the map for like 20 games. <laughs> pity is good enough for me. Just to get right. And, and, when, and when your game mode is kind of like degrading to that, like that is not a good that's just not, you know, good design, right? Yeah. And so the new the new system is way better because even if you're hopping in, no one's jumping off maps anymore. They're they're fighting for their lives, you know, and and they're getting rewarded, which is which is good now. So, Persia, you a pred in Apex on any of the systems that you play? I am not. I'm not at all. Um, my friend group they don't really like ranked, so we kind of the only time I played ranked was to get to gold one so that I could enter ALGS last season. Gold one is like the minimum rank you have to be to enter ALGS. So we just like got to gold one and then we're like, all right, we're good. We entered. But I definitely am trying to play more ranked. But I think in general, you know, around this whole topic, like clout is a hell of a drug, right? And a lot of these mm -hmm. players, they feel such accomplishment when they reach these levels. And then when the whole system changes you know apex is a good example right it was like oh you know apex spread this number of players and then they expanded that number over time and then the people who were originally apex preds before that expansion are thinking oh well you know i was here before it was like open to more players to be right, in Pred. Right. you know they always want to have that thing and they don't want to feel like that accomplishment is lesser now because more people are in on it so they find another angle to brag about and, you know, I think that just comes with when you invest a lot of time into the game, you have to have some sort of tangible proof for your time and your productivity. And that comes in the form of um, Predator. And, you know, I was it before it was, quote unquote, easier. It's not right. easy at all. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they so make many... like 5,000 people in Predator. It's not easy at all. Yeah. Um, it's so wild because so... it went from 500 people to 1,500 people. And we're like... Getting predators not important anymore. I'm like, you're the top fifteen hundred people <laughs> yeah. in the world at this game. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, and, like, no, I was know, better I when it was top five hundred. I'm like, y'all people need to like go <laughs> touch your grass, grass, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of people at the top forget easily what it was like to be at the bottom. And, yeah. you know, when you diminish someone else's accomplishment like that, it not only makes it less fun for people to approach your game because they're already expecting that once they start to do well, it's going to be diminished by the upper echelon of players or whatever. Mm. But that is also like not good for games either. Like I see it happen all the time in fighting games. You know, when Marvel 2 is obviously huge, when Marvel 3 came out, I can't tell you how many times I won a game and someone was like, well, well, if this was Marvel 2, you would have never won that, or this or that, or whatever, or, oh, you're proud of these Magneto combos? Well, the Magneto combos in Marvel 2 took real execution, blah, 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 blah. Like, look how nice my high horse is, right? Like, I'm just so sick of stuff like that. Like, people need to stop 
diminishing other people's accomplishments. Yeah, like, it's boomer behavior. Yeah. Everyone's so easy to compare each other's successes, yet we're all on our own path right now. And we're all doing our yeah. own thing. Like, my measurement of success is not equal to your measurement. Right. And yeah. trying to, like, do what they're doing with the gatekeeping, that's basically what they're saying. Is that, like, what you do and what you're proud of is lesser just because... I think I'm better than you, which is like mm. so toxic. We don't got to be like that, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Uh, well, moving on, we're almost out of time, but I do want to touch on one more question because I do think it's a little relevant to this week. Uh, this is from Aaron. Mm. And it says, uh, I don't know how to ask this without sounding like I'm criticizing GameSpot, but I promise I'm oh, not. No. And I love GameSpot <laughs> and you all, and I don't care about review timing. Uh, don't worry, I, it, Aaron, I think this question is totally fine. I totally get what you're asking here. <laughs> uh, anyway, my question is, if there is a reason GameSpot usually releases video uh, reviews a bit later than most other outlets, maybe you have a nice rule that reviewers don't need to crunch to get reviews out and buy embargo. Uh, okay, well... Yeah, video mm. people. Why do the <laughs> videos reviews sometimes? <laughs> there's, there's a little bit to that. Um, I would say that... As much as we we would love to avoid uh, crunch with reviews, that unfortunately still does happen. It does um, happen. No, it does happen. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, I, I can't mean, remember the last time it hasn't happened. Which and is and really that sad. is, <laughs> and and that is a unfortunate reality of of a multiple factors. I mean, you know, you try your best to not do that, but sometimes like. Uh, a company will give you a 50 hour game with only right. a few days to play it and yep. you're like cool right um, <laughs> what is sleep <laughs> i i will say in the case of video reviews what typically happens is um it's usually because the review isn't done yet and yeah. um or or it comes in like so late that it's like well we're not gonna be able to like hit it in time um, so in the case of, of Far Cry this week, um, Phil hadn't finished the game by the time that review embargo hit. So we don't have a video review uh, at that embargo with everyone else. Um, yeah, Phil put out a uh, like review in progress. In progress yep. And we used to do that a lot more on video. We've kind of slowed down on that because what we found was it, it would just kind of eat into... Uh, like they wouldn't do well because people would just kind of want to wait for the review or it would kind of eat into the numbers of the review. And, um, or like, uh, sometimes what happens is it's mostly the same, but then you just change one text, like a, like a, just a paragraph or two yeah. is changed. And it's like, well, do we want to put up two videos that are essentially the same video just with another thing? Or we'll wait another day and we'll put up the full proper video. So that's kind of our logic for why we wait on the video side is it's just like, well, Usually it's like, we're not going to put up two videos, so we'll just wait and for the review to uh, finish. Um, but yeah, we've definitely tried to be better when we can about avoiding staying up late. I have, there have been many a nights I've stayed up late to, to oh, yeah. hit embargo for a video review and uh, it sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> it's it not, not fun good, to do. Yeah. Like sometimes I look back on it and I wouldn't say fondly, but sort of like a weird like, uh, I remember we were all in that together. We were all up late. Uh, I remember me and Callie and, and Ben Jenka and Evan Langer uh, at the GameSpot office until one in the morning yep. doing Death Stranding. And it's ordering like, pizza. I, I, ordering pizza. <laughs> and it's like, I I remember that fondly because I was specifically because I was hanging out with them. But yeah. it's like, 
was that fun? No, <laughs> like it was miserable. It was <laughs> awful. Like, and you just don't want to do that to people. Um, so I think we try our best to not when we can, but I mean, yeah, like the reality is like you're handed a game and it's like, okay, I got to play this all day and into the weekend to cover it. And that's just the unfortunate reality of this job. And I, I wish it was different so bad, but it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I do want to like reiterate, like John Luke mentioned it, but like, it's like worth diving the fact the video team is amazing and they do stuff with video that us editorial people are like, cool, that's magic. I'm happy that oh. you turned my words into something <laughs> nice that looks hear. like really cool. <laughs> but like, they're also very beholden to us on not just reviews, but like previews, opinion things where it's like, we write the article version first and then we usually write the script version after yeah. that and then we have to VO it and then we hand it to them mm -hmm. and then so they've already lost a day that they probably could have waiting for us to get our shit together and like it's, it's one of those things where like with just more time like this entire process would just be so much simpler but like it's mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where like there's a process at GameSpot where it's like the thing actually has to be written the thing actually needs to be overseen by someone and edited. The thing person then actually has to record the thing that they wrote. And sometimes you can't do it in one take because we're human. And I fuck up words all the time. So I have to do a <laughs> lot of retakes whenever I have to record something for VO. And then like that process like gets handed off to a video producer. So like it's not like as simple as like, oh, as soon as the video producer finishes a game they can get started on the video review it's like even if right. they finish before the review or like there's still like yeah, a waiting yeah. period before they can like jump on it so like god bless all of you for <laughs> doing what you do and we editorial people appreciate you for yeah. remaining patient with us absolutely i mean yeah trust me like i would never be like those dang editorial people just right. need to hurry the fuck up. Like, yeah. like, no, absolutely it's not, not. Like, your guys' fault. Yeah. Because at the same time, I'm sitting there being like, I don't know, like, I'm just waiting. Like, right. Phil's <laughs> working his ass off to finish Far Cry and write this review. Like, right. I'm just sitting there being like, oh my god, I'm sorry for you and what you have to do right now. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing enough to help yeah. you out. I wish I could do more. There's so. a lot of sympathizing and a lot of imposter syndrome being on video sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. It has become a little bit easier with uh, Eric has done a very good job over the past year pushing us editorial people. Like, as soon as we have like a basic even like general idea of what a script or article is going to be just like handing that off to the producer so the producer can be like okay i can kind of at least find clips ahead of mm. time while the like mm -hmm. actual final draft has been written i'm not sure how much that helps y'all at all but tay has been pushing us to do that a lot more yeah. recently yeah, just it, so it's it not like so oh like... we're gonna write the article get that edited get that published and then come back and be like okay now write the script now yeah i mean <laughs> you know the script. sometimes it helps to have just like a basic outline of what you guys are going to talk about because you can go and like go through your footage and be like okay i know they're going to talk about this and i can like pull selects ahead yep. of time and that that certainly like helps because uh it gives you something to do uh, and you're not just like twiddling your thumbs waiting for the vo to come in and, and cut <laughs> it so yeah it's writing uh, so hard <laughs> dude, writing is hard that's it the part is. where i i can't ah. i can't write at all 
And every time you guys write anything, I'm like, a miracle has been birthed. <laughs> bullshit, like, wow. You have definitely produced opinion things that you wrote yourself. So I know that's bullshit. <laughs> you can write really well. Well, thank you. Because uh, I'm always, every time I write something, I'm always like, this is hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, why would anyone? Uh, but, uh, the anxiety liars. I feel when I put All a All three of you are back. liars. Oh, no. <laughs> I will say that one of my favorite things about, like, Okay, favorite because it's funny, um, but like, and it shows how empathetic everyone at GameSpot is. Anytime I've gotten a VO where there's a lot of mess ups, there's always a point in the VO where the person goes, mm-hmm. I am so sorry. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I'm like recording something for Apex and like midway through, I'll like do like a really bad sentence and I'll just like sigh into the microphone was like i'm so sorry persia I'm so and i'm sorry. like and i do another take of the sentence man b- back in the day i used to edit a lot of uh lucy's vo and at one point she just unabashedly did not apologize she's like i'm british so you're just gonna have to <laughs> you're just gonna you're just gonna have to accept when i say beta okay she's like i say beta because i'm british and i was like all right lucy i'm already backing up don't even worry about it like, like I, i'm editing this thing and we are good to go <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's a it's a very collaborative process here at GameSpot um and uh yeah I mean like I said we try our best to uh yeah. respect each other not you know like you, like the last thing you want to do is be pushy and be like hey man like where's the review like yep. you, you just you know uh we everyone here's working hard and we we try and respect each other's time best we can and uh yeah you know avoid avoid the crunch when we can even though that's almost unavoidable pretty hard pretty hard to do um it's the maybe things will become a little bit easier over the next few months because we're hiring two more editors oh finally (laughs) finally yeah (laughs) yeah man it's it's just it's an embargo problem right like that's that's the main source of it all uh, yeah, if I we were say, given a month on most of these games, God, our jobs would be absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not even like I wouldn't even be like you know it's a GameSpot problem or it's like it's just a it's a it's a problem with the whole system industry and the way it works. Yeah. And 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 it's like I feel for the because because I think the way games happen it now is they they come in so late, so sometimes you don't get code, and, and it's not even like you feel for them on the the PR developer side because they're like, no, we're literally like hot fixing this game as fast as possible. This is why you're getting it so late. So you you sympathize with them and you understand why they wouldn't give it to you like so much earlier because they're literally (laughs) laying the tracks down as it's, you know, the game's coming into the station. But at the same time, you're like, well, that's not sustainable for... Uh, anyone actually, like, for <laughs> this is a problem for, for everyone it's like, for like everyone is like the devs are crunching at the end which means that the editors are crunching playing the game yeah. which means the producers are crunching and, getting and the, the video the out. PR like it's people just, are yeah. like drafting a million emails you <laughs> right. know like like no one no i can guarantee you no one is having a good time yeah <laughs> literally nobody in this exactly. process is, is, <laughs> none is of us everyone everyone time. is crunching in, on some level with this and maybe that's the thing where it's like maybe we all need to unionize or something i don't Seriously. know <laughs> and, you're, but, and uh, you're you're diving into a if you're not first you're last type you know yeah, that's, like that's like platform problem, too yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like you know you're everyone's having kind of a bad time trying to you know get the game out and then you're realizing you have that stress of like well i could put my foot down and be like you know what i'm not going to crunch and put it out a few more days late but then by that point the 
the train for the discourse is already left, right. you know? So right. you're kind of yeah. backed into and, that uh, wall. I mean, and, you know, the, the this is, won't get into it because it's going off topic, but I, I do think it kind of also speaks to, it's not a good way to review games. Like you are right. reviewing a game, you're mm-hmm. playing, you have to play a game in a way that literally the average person will not experience it. And that does totally no affect like the Far, review. No yeah. one's playing Far Cry yeah. 6 for eight to nine hours every single day no, for absolutely. six days straight. Right. Yeah, no and, and one like, is. You, you try your best, that. but like that will. <laughs> Uh, no matter what, affect your opinion of the game in some way. Like as a reviewer, like I think that you can try your best to like not let that color your opinion, but it mm-hmm. it's gonna happen whether you want it to or not. So it's it's. Uh, I wish it was different, and you know, maybe maybe one day we can get to that place. But for now, this is the how we do it, and yeah, we 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 do our best. But uh, in short, that's why sometimes a review is a day late on video (laughs) i mean all the respect to everyone who does reviews i feel like reviews are one of the hardest things to do because you're putting yourself and your opinion out there absolutely and it's just tough like i'm so glad i don't ever have to do reviews because my opinion is going to be great on everything i'm extremely easy to please and you would never hear any negativity from me and then they'd be like (laughs) but look at all these glaringly negative things in the game you didn't talk about see this Persia, give it, give it like, easy. give it like a year or something, and I think someone at Gamespot's gonna come up to you and be like, "Hey, you want to do an updated uh, review for nope. Apex Legends?" <laughs> nope. and- it's wonderful. Ten out of t- eleven out of ten would play for another thousand hours. There Thank you. you. That is my review. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, and with that, we are going to put this long episode of GameSpot After Dark. Two hours, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Consider that a treat for all the the short episodes we have had uh, recently. Uh, Hopefully, next week, uh, Tamor and Lucy will be back um, because it's... Is is it slightly less busy next week? I don't I don't know, man. Like this week was crazy. Like there is It'll so be back much. for Blood Week. Like back for obviously Blood people week. are playing it now because there's the whole early access period, yeah, but like it'll that. be officially out and on Game Pass uh next week. God, so. I'm loving that game so far too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm really I'm, enjoying I assume it. That'll be the big game <laughs> that we talked excited. about next week. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um <laughs> uh but yeah, we'll 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 be back for Blood with oh. After Dark oh, I love episode it. 115 I love next it. week. Uh, Get him out of here. <laughs> Let's go around. Uh, Jordan Ramey, where can people find you? And what are you working uh, on? They can find me at JM Ramey on Twitter, and I'll probably be talking about Metroid Dread more often now that people actually have hands on and playing it and me being like, look, Look at like Metroidvania in its purest form. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gaze upon greatness. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, David Motti, where can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter, please. I'm very lonely there. I don't have any followers or friends. So, you know, help, help me pad my stats a bit. Go watch my Battlefield and Destiny videos on YouTube. I fight people in the comments sometimes. So, you know, maybe, maybe you're maybe. a brave, brave <laughs> soul. I know, braver than I. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah. Find me on Twitter. Find me on YouTube uh, and subscribe to GameSpot. Hell yeah. Persia, what about you? Um, you guys can find me just about everywhere at Persia underscore XO. Catch me on October 16th casting ALGS. And oh, yeah. um, if you are one of the lucky people to have a PS5, I have a video up on the PS5 dashboard 
celebrating women in the FGC and doing a cool interview Hell with yeah. one of my EXO Academy Ooh. players. So check that out. That's too. rad. That's awesome. Yeah. Persia always does cool shit. Persia does so some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely go, definitely go check out Persia's stuff. If you haven't seen uh, Persia's Halo Halo uh, glitches video, um, talking about like the the pro strats, the the uh, you know BXB and stuff like that. That's a great video. Um, where you actually like interviewed one of the the pro players that was like there back in the heyday of Halo Two. Uh, I thought that was mm -hmm. so awesome. That was a I really love doing video. that video. Shout out to Eli the Ninja for being a part of that one. Um, it's always awesome. Like, I started back in Halo 2 and then, you know, ended up transitioning to fighting games, started commentary, and then kind of coming full circle back to Halo 2 and being able to do content around that is really, really cool. Um, and then now, you know, Apex, more shooter action. So, yo, esports. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and you can find me at. John Luxipke, uh, you should go check out the, hopefully by the time this uh, podcast goes up, the Far Cry 6 video review will be up, uh, Phil Hornchild's review. Uh, I edited it, or am going to edit it right after we record this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure it will be uh, a good video, hopefully. Um, we yeah, have so much content coming, everyone. We have so content. much content. Check out the content. <laughs> You love you love to see it. I hate the word content. Um, I hate it so much. You know, I, I, I do content. I do end up using it all the time because it just kind of is the vernacular everyone uses. But boy, do I I not like the word content. I Go check out our videos. That's the alternative. Go check out, yeah, my go art. Check out our videos, our art, our work. <laughs> our Let's art. do that. Go check all out my our videos are a work of art. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, this is gonna do it for Gamespot After Dark. We will catch you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.